Welcome to The Sober Effect, a show that looks at the positives of sobriety, the dangers of alcohol and the many people who are affected by it. I'm Kate. And I'm Steph. The ripple effect of alcohol is far-reaching, and those are the stories you'll hear on The Sober Effect. Right, Steph, episode 11. Today we're going to talk about spirituality, which is kind of, it's it's one word, but it has so many thousands of meanings to different people. And I think I'd go as far as to say it's different for every single human being. Yeah, I think the core of it, which we will hear Annika speak about, is similar, but I think spirituality can be so individualized. You know, it's not like religion where there's a set of rules or a set of boundary type things that you do. It's very open to what works. There's no book. There's no guidelines. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, there's people that write about it. But what is so beautiful about things that I've read is it, it, like I said, it's so that's what I love about it, because I'm such a rule follower and I can get caught up in that. And then sometimes when you get caught up in those rules, like I was raised Catholic, right? So you get caught up in those rules and what they do is they make you feel bad about yourself. Like there's so, there was so much shame being raised in the Catholic religion. You're never good enough. You're always just trying to live up to these standards. And what I've loved about spirituality is it lets me know that I am enough. No matter what, I'm always enough. Yeah. You know, we've got so many rules and boundaries in life, haven't we? We've got... You know, local rules, house rules, we've got state rules, countrywide rules. And I think spirituality, I mean, if I'm honest, I am just learning about spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I googled what does spirituality mean before this call. And it's kind of said it's the quality of being concerned with religion or the human spirit. It's about non-physical things like identity, personality and memories. Now, I, I can make of that what I want. And for me, spirituality is about your soul, I think. I've been thinking about this because I know you're a spiritual person. Annika is obviously very spiritual, who we're going to talk to in a bit. But I want to be more spiritual because I'm just interested in it. And I think when you're when you find that peace, when you when you stop drinking and I know not everything is related to not drinking. I do realize that. But my mind was always busy catching up with who it actually was without alcohol, that I didn't have time to just sit in that kind of tranquil, peaceful stage where I could actually hear myself change and grow and think. And that's what I think I'm getting to now. And I really want to know how to embrace it. I think that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. And it's that is so part of the journey because there's a whole awakening that has to happen. And I think a lot of people, their awakening begins when they get sober, because as Annika will talk about, she explains why alcohol plays a role in keeping us from connecting to our spirit. Spirituality, and we'll let her get into that. But I have gone really deep in spirituality over the years. Like my journey started way before I got sober. And obviously, now that I'm sober, it's really gone deep and it's been extremely healing. It really helps me process life in a different way. Because in my spirituality, I believe that my soul has a contract. Like my soul already agreed to everything that's unfolding for me because it's learning lessons and it's leveling up. And so anytime something happens that's even difficult, that's the angle I'm already coming from. I already know 
that yes, it's hard, but I decided my soul wants me to go through this for a reason. And as soon as I surrender to that and let go of that need for control, which we all do that, right? We're always trying to control everything around us. And what spirituality does, it helps us like zero in on what we can control, which is really our own thoughts and our own actions and our own feeling. And so it keeps me in check. When shit hits the fan, I remind myself there's there's a lesson to be learned in this. Like, let's let's sort through it. And now that I'm sober, oh man, can I do that even better, right? Because in the past, shit hits the fan and we drink. And then we quiet that inner knowing, you know? And so that's kind of without going too crazy deep into my spirituality, that's kind of like what mine looks like for me and how, you know, I I deal with things. I have my guides that I connect with. We have signs that they give me to let me know that like they're there. And it's really crazy because it it does happen all the time. My sign is actually the number 34. I was going to say, what is a guide? What what do you mean you've got your guides? What are they? They are, they are your spirit guides. They are the people, well, they're spirits, obviously, that are always around you and supporting you and guiding you through life. And they're in, in with what I believe. Are they dead people who are sort of hanging around or are they things like no different than, yeah, they're no, no different than my soul. So like my soul. So basically my soul made in, this is what I believe. My soul made an agreement. And then it it decided to incarnate into my body. Like it chose, and that's another thing. Like when I'm hard on my physical body, maybe I don't like something about it. I remind myself, we picked this body for a reason. Like it was like my soul picked this lump of clay and is forming it, right? Well, these other guides, they don't have a physical body, but we know each other. Like we are all from source. I know this is probably, you're like, like, this is really deep. But It's it's deep, but you know what? I love it. I, it's I very concept. Yeah, it's it's like people saying they have like guardian angels, right? Maybe mm. that's another good way of like putting it to be relatable. But I call them my guides. And yeah, it is the most wild thing because when I was getting ready to turn 34, that's where this number came about. And that's kind of when my spiritual awakening started. And I'm 43 now. So this has been a long journey for me, but I kept seeing the number 34. Every hour I would look at the clock and it would be 34. And it was so bizarre. Or I would look at a license plate and it would have 34 in it. And it just kept sticking out like a sore thumb. And I actually, because I was going through my awakening and I didn't understand it, it freaked me out. I told Blake, I looked at him. I said, I think I'm going to die when I turn 34. Something keeps showing me 34. Mm -hmm. I'm getting ready because you, your brain wants to go negative. Right. But I started reading some books and I found out that it's, it's just my guides are trying to connect with me and they, they will do anything they can to get your attention. And so that's always kind of been my, my thing. And it's wild. Like when big things come up, or if I'm having a thought about something, and if I see the number 34 during that process, it's like a confirmation. It's like a hug from them saying, yes, you're going the right way. You're headed the right direction. You're thinking the right thoughts right now. So that's, that's. <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've definitely had things happen to me in the past. And and I've met some clairvoyants who have said to me, you've got the gift. And I've, I've seen things and, and very strange, unexplainable things have happened when I, even when I was a child and I've seen things or said things and then they've happened and it's just really, it scared me because I thought that's too much of a coincidence. Yeah. And it's nothing really awful, nothing really bad has happened. But it's, you know, there's just a sense 
for me that there's more to it. And I think, as Annika says, I've had this conversation. She does a really good course called Sober and Soulful. And in that, I sort of said, when I was a kid, I asked my mum why nobody's worried about or asks about where they've come from, why they always ask and worry about where they're going when they die. And she sort of said, that's a very interesting question, Kate. Um, and, and I don't know the answer. I've always thought that way. I've always thought a soul is not something that can die. I do believe there's more to it. I just don't think my mind has the capacity to understand it. So I kind of let it be. But I think the way that you just described it is an incredibly positive way to look at life because basically what you're saying is whatever happens to you happens for a reason and it's there to help you now if you look at everything bad that happens to you in your life in that way that is going to make life so much easier and more enjoyable so that in itself you don't need proof if you can think that way surely that is going to benefit you in life I love it yeah if you can look at it as this is only going to make me a stronger person instead of this is going to tear me down and I'm never going to get back up from it it's just amazing Uh, So let's hear from Annika. She's going to kind of talk about what spirituality means to her, but also how alcohol can play a role in your spiritual journey. I see it as quite separate, but not completely separate from religion. I think there's a lot of spirituality in religion, but there's also a lot of fear-based ideology, which I think really comes from mankind and governments that have used it to kind of control the masses like throughout history, really. And for me, spirituality is like the core essence, the core truth that, that runs through all religions. The foundation of it is in love and the energy of love. And when we look at the idea of love, if we just say that God is love, we can all worship this idea of love and look for love in everything and and try and bring out love and the good in everything that we do. Um, And then I think it becomes quite a universal concept, this idea of God or source energy that we can all get on board with when we kind of peel back the kind of layers of stories that we've added on top of this throughout the ages that have created religions that might stand against each other or ideologies that stand against each other that we know we fight wars over. Um, Really, it's it's about that energy of love and coming back to that within yourself, uh, peeling back your own social programming and your own sort of childhood experiences to come back to the core essence, your authentic essence, which is your loving nature. And when we're in this authentic core essence, This is, I believe, our most magnetic, powerful place we can be in. And we we start to manifest everything we want, really. Can you just explain to the people who don't know, because I've been on one of your courses, your Sober and Soulful courses, and it was amazing. And one of the first questions that I asked you was, what does it mean to manifest? Because I hear it a lot and I hear this manifestation, but I didn't actually know what it meant. For me, to manifest is it's it's the life that we create for ourselves. It really means when our imagination becomes reality. And actually, we're all manifesting all the time. Some people kind of put this word on a pedestal and they're like, oh, you know, this is really difficult thing I can't do. I'm not good at it. We're all manifesting. We all created a life. Uh, look around you, you manifested everything in your human experience. The question with manifestation is, are you creating a life that you want? Are you drawing things towards you that you want? And are you consciously manifesting? Are you thinking about and in control of what's coming into your reality? Or are you a passenger to your new programming and you know what's going on around you? Let's bring alcohol into this. 
yeah, conversation exactly. because it kind of ties right in with the manifesting, right? Yeah. My spiritual journey started before I got sober, just like mm-hmm. my fitness and all of that. It was like, I wanted all these things to coexist with alcohol. And the further you get in to these kind of things, it starts to push the negative things out, right? Mm-hmm. Alcohol being one of them. And I have always heard that alcohol is low vibrational. So I accidentally discovered this that I the first time I went sober. So I went sober for the first time when I was 26 and I was sober for a year and a half. I wasn't particularly spiritual then, but I accidentally stumbled upon just what happens to our vibrations when we stop drinking because I stopped drinking had an amazing time manifested so much stuff and just was literally skipping around um farting rainbows basically for a year and a half and then I (laughs) somehow got like convinced to start drinking again and and then took me quite a long time to took me like 10 years of putting boundaries up around my drinking and like going back and forth it to come back to where I am now and I remember the the very last time I drank this time was when I was reading a book by Sharman Jurek called Spirit Hacking. It's got a whole well, a whole chapter. It's got a small chapter in it on alcohol. And he talks about the fact that shamans who are you know, very, very spiritual people, they take all sorts of hallucinogenic drugs um, to get themselves into the uh, the other planes. You know, they'll smoke tobacco and um, they'll, 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 they'll take all sorts of things, but they will never touch alcohol because alcohol is the quickest way to lower your vibrations. And it actually goes as far as saying that when we are under the influence of alcohol, we become vulnerable to spiritual parasites and that low vibrational entities will just come and feed off us basically and I remember reading that and obviously it sounds quite far-fetched but as I read it having had the experiences that I had when I was in my early 20s or mid-20s when I stopped drinking and then having gone back to it I just sat there and I knew in my body like that was right you know when you just feel something in your heart like that's that's true and I just I had a gin and tonic in my hand at the time and I just put it down and I thought what on earth am I doing I've known this for such a long long time why am I still drinking this and I have never drunk again that's why they call it spirits yeah right like I've heard that's why they call alcohol spirits because it allows the spirits like, and that's why you become a different person. Like if you want to get real deep in the spirituality part, like that's why some of us, our, our personality is altered. Like we become this darker version of ourselves because we're letting these spirits, we we're vibrating so low. We let these spirits come in and yeah. kind of take Wow, over. I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. And I, um, I, when I was reflecting on it, and I don't know if this resonates with you, like, I didn't used to get like terribly bad hangovers and I didn't feel physically ill, but I did used to feel haunted. I remember saying, I feel a bit haunted. I feel like a bit of my soul's missing. I just don't feel nice. I did, did you ever have that experience? Yeah, you're giving me the chills right now, honestly. Yeah. Lots of people talk about the pink cloud effect when we stop drinking, which many of us have felt. But one thing that I I dislike about some of the stories that we um, attach to being alcohol free on the sober scene is people describe this pink cloud as, oh, well, you know, it doesn't last. It's just this phase that you go through when you stop drinking. And I'm like, hold up, people. No, no, no. So number one, the reason that you get the pink cloud effect from a spiritual perspective is because you have reattached to source energy. Alcohol detaches us from this. It detaches us from our higher self. 
we're basically we're like an unplugged device it's not charging up properly and it's getting taken advantage of by all of these spiritual entities and we've had that experience haven't we of like suddenly how plugged in you feel how much younger you feel more energized like more full of love because you're plugged into source energy so obviously the contrast of not having that for so long versus suddenly being plugged back in again we're literally doing cartwheels everywhere now of course after a while number one we get used to that it just feels normal it doesn't mean the pink cloud's gone away it's just that the pink clouds become the new normal but number two is that we get to up level properly now up leveling sounds great it is great it's when we're raising our vibrational um, set point so we're able to manifest a, a high vibrational reality but in order to raise our vibrational set point we have to grow how do we grow from going through difficult things so when we were drinking we'd feel an uncomfortable feeling and then we'd go ah oh, I know society's told me that this is a bad feeling let me numb this and that's how we say stuck in this little hamster wheel for years and years and years and like we just feel like oh I'm just never really nothing ever changes and then when we stop numbing like we have to feel the feelings which are really uncomfortable but because we can't numb them we actually process them properly and we like release them and then we're like huh I don't want to like I'm not going to do that again or I'm not going to have that person in my life anymore or hmm, what's that show me because we have no option but to actually deal with the feeling uh, every time we do that we're up leveling and this is the beautiful process of growth that we go through so when people say the pink cloud doesn't last so you get used to feeling wonderful and then the universe gives you something to grow from and then people go oh well, the pink cloud's over everything's ruined now no you're just up leveling it's just about to get even better and then you have like another little pink cloud afterwards and then you have like another um, up level etc cetera, etc cetera. and when you understand that process then you can just lean into it and see it all for being wonderful we need the contrast we need to feel and process these uncomfortable feelings and they're uncomfortable for a reason just in the same way that a fire alarm sounds horrible for a reason to make you leave the building and that's what anxiety and anger and frustration are there are inner fire alarms saying i'm going to make you feel so uncomfortable that you have to look at this thing so that you can grow an up level then why do you think it is that when people decide to stop drinking, so many of them either embrace or discover spirituality. At the core of it all, we are spiritual beings. We and Even when we were children, we were spiritual. We just didn't have words for it. We didn't label it with a certain vocabulary. And the, when I had my first sober sin, I did not consider myself spiritual. I did not use that word. I just was doing what I was doing. It just happened. I just cleared that space by letting go of alcohol. And if I look back on the things that came to me, things that I realized, I really was channeling. So just to kind of give that word a meaning. Well, I talk about channeling a lot, which is when we're downloading wisdom from our higher self or from source. And humans do it all the time without realizing it. So how many times have you sat and given a friend advice and you'll be in mid-flow and as you're speaking, you'll think, God, I'm good. This is gold dust. Like I should do this. This is where is this come from? <laughs> and it's why we can often give really good advice, but we we need another friend to to do the same back for us, right? And that's when we're, we're channeling, and we we channel all the time when things just come to us. These pearls of wisdom, and I can remember writing in my journal well, that first time I stopped drinking about you know what's the point in doing things in life if you can't be grateful for them this this is before gratitude was cool by the way this, it wasn't a thing then Instagram didn't exist and like so many things that came to me and I thought they were my idea I look back and I'm like that's like Buddhist philosophy <laughs> like, that wasn't your idea you were just channeling 
because we we connect in with that side of ourselves without even realizing it when we stop drinking so I think it happens anyway some of us give it that name of spirituality some people might go throughout the whole sober experience the rest of their lives and never call themselves spiritual never think about spirituality and they kind of are being spiritual but they don't realize it I do think because we clear a lot of space when we stop drinking, we do think about our personal growth and how can I be better and how can I look after myself more? And I think we also come to things like spirituality because of that as well. But I think it happens very quickly and without us even knowing it, just in the way that children sit in the car when they can first speak and say, mummy, um, where were, where did we come from? Or what, what happened before I was born? And that's just an example of the fact that when we're tiny, we're, we're still spiritual. Like this isn't your first time round. Something in your soul knows things that you don't consciously realize. So yeah, I think we're, we just come back to something that was always there, kind of like a dripping tap. Like it's spirituality and our intuition and our higher self. There's just such a subtle, soft voice. And when we are drinking, the ego voice is turned up so loud. It's like loud music and you can't hear the dripping tap. And when we stop drinking, we turn the loud music off and the dripping tap that was there all along, suddenly we can hear it. And that's that's the wisdom that's coming through. Alcohol is a matrix trick. It keeps you mm. asleep. It stops mm. us from questioning. Mm. It stops us from connecting with that the realization of who we really are and where we really came from. And when we really, really want to wake ourselves up spiritually, we've got to stop taking the drug that keeps us asleep. But when we're drinking, our ego voice is turned up full blast because that's the voice of fear and catastrophe and control. The voice that, you know, doesn't believe in anything that we can't see in front of us and is constantly worrying and keeping us awake at three in the morning. And when we when we clear space from alcohol, we turn that voice down. The, the magic that fills that space up is that subtle, beautiful voice of love, of inner knowing, and it's who we really are. And that's the whole tone of our life shifts and changes. Let's say someone comes to you and they say, I've stopped drinking. I haven't drunk for a few months and I want to be more spiritual, but I don't know anything about it. But I just feel that there's something missing in my life. What advice would you give? I would recommend um, certain books um, to people to get started. So um, I'm sure many people have heard of the book, The Secret, it, which was it was a good starting point to get society more aware of manifestation and the law of attraction, but actually it's oversimplistic to the point that it can promote uh, toxic positivity. So one of the main key texts that came from was a series of books by Abraham Hicks. And I say by Abraham Hicks because they're really channeled through a woman called Esther Hicks and they're channeled books from um, a consciousness that calls itself Abraham, explaining who we are, um, what the law of attraction is. And one of the key ones that's a good one to read is The Vortex or Ask and It Shall Be Given. So those are great books. There are actually so many fantastic books about the law of attraction out there. And I love joining the dots between psychology, quantum physics, spirituality. And the more you read about those things, the more they prove each other right. Like even though they're not written consciously to try and agree with each other, they just do. They just click in together time and time and time and time again, uh, which we all have an ego that needs 
proof. And I, I love being able to join the dots in those ways. So I'd say just get really interested. There's a wealth of literature out there on the topic. Just take what works. Um, yeah, so I'd say that. Also, just really, God or universal the source is in all of us. It's, we're connected. So we we don't have to make ourselves whole through anything else. We have all of the answers within us. I once wrote in the front of my journal when I, I'd been reading too many books and kind of numbing by overreading and not listening to myself. And I wrote in the front of my journal, this is the most important book you will ever read. Um, because we do have all of the wisdom, all of the answers within us. The number of times I've read in spiritual texts, pearls of wisdom that I'm like, I wrote that in my journal a few months ago, and I thought it was my idea. <laughs> Obviously, I was channeling it. So just take time to listen to yourself, to be quiet, to be peaceful, to journal, you know, have quiet times where you don't have music on and you just sit and think about your life and what you want and what it means. I think that's probably the, the most important practice of all of them. We talked about alcohol being low vibrational. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you can tell people that will help bring your vibration up? Some things that you can do. Oh, good question. So positivity, anything to do with getting into the vibration of love is going to help raise your vibrations. Okay. However, this comes with a caveat, with a caution. If we are really unhappy or if we are processing something difficult, just saying, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Like, just be happy. Just think positive is actually the opposite of helpful. So really the best way to raise vibrations is to show up for our feelings so if we wake up in the morning um, and you feel horrible or if something happens and it makes you want to cry is really to treat yourself like you would a, a small child and be like what's wrong tell me like why are you crying okay that's okay you're allowed to feel sad about this or that and actually the quicker we show up for our feelings we honor them we're not scared of them the quicker we can bubble back up to that feeling of joy because ultimately we are meant to feel happy most of the time and when we're not feeling so good it's because we need to look at something and i would say like we're we're, we're programmed to move towards joy and our uncomfortable feelings, like if we think of our feelings are like a compass, our uncomfortable feelings are like road signs to help us move closer to joy. We don't ignore the road signs and tell them to go away and that they're stupid. We we go, ah, oh, I need to turn left here because I'm feeling really horrible about that. Like I need to move away from that thing or I need to like put a boundary out with that person or I need to let that person go or... I need to look at that limiting belief I have about myself and release it. And those things help us bob back up. So for me, that's like a lifelong process of honoring and listening to our feelings and seeing them as our internal guidance system. But the other thing as well, especially in early sobriety, is actually looking after our physical health. Because if we're not sleeping, if we're not eating properly, if we're not drinking enough water, if we're not looking after ourselves, we're going to feel low vibe. Because our bodies are energetic gifts that we've been given. And really, if we think about the chakra system or Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which are pretty much the same, again, proof that we're always channeling, nothing's an original idea. You've got to start from the bottom and work up. And we need to start with our physical needs. And that's another reason why we feel the pink cloud so quickly when we stop drinking, right? Because our body's like, oh my God, you stopped poisoning me. Amazing. I feel so good. Something I've found really interesting since I've quit drinking is 
the whole concept of boundaries, because I didn't really have any because I really put such a downer on myself and I put all the blame on myself that I didn't feel like I had any right to put boundaries in place. And it's been a really new experience for me. And it's a very uncomfortable and difficult thing to do because it's so new. And I'm constantly thinking about other people and not offending other people. But since I've started doing it, I really feel this sense of of protection about myself. And I'm starting to look at myself more as something to care for and to nurture and protect. Is that a big part of this spirituality? I'm going to reference one of my favourite manifestation people that I follow religiously. She's called Lacey Phillips. And she says that no is the most magnetic word you will ever say. Because really, when we are manifesting, we manifest what we subconsciously believe we are worth and what we deserve. And everything that we do in our life, we're communicating to the universe what our level of worth is. And actually, we show the universe and our subconscious mind, our higher self, what we think we deserve through what we reject. So I always find it really easy to explain it through um, talking about dating, but it can be applied to absolutely any manifestation at all. But, you know, you're a single girl, you're dating, you're going on dates with guys. What are you going to put up with and what are you not going to put up with? The more we say, no, 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 I'm not having that. I'm not, I'm not accepting that behavior. And we like, dumb people we bin them off we're like no I'm not available for that I'm not available for that and the more we say no in that way the quicker we then manifest the the person that treats us properly in the way that we feel that we deserve to think about you know when we were younger and our we were more naive we might have had lower self-worth think about some of the behavior we might have accepted and allowed to perpetuate in people that we were dating who treated us like doormats well, why were they doing that? Because we allowed them to, because our self-worth, we were like, well, I can't get anyone else. Or, you know, I love him. Well, no. <laughs> now, when you when you kind of, when you grow and evolve, you just learn to say no. And that goes for all manifestations. It goes for friendships. It goes for jobs. It goes for everything. So yeah, no is, is a very spiritual word, but it's about saying no in your authenticity, in using the energy of grace and confidence to say no. Because when we really feel worthy and really feel secure about saying no, we don't need to shout and scream. We don't need to have a fight with somebody. We don't need to do anything that makes us feel ashamed or embarrassed. We just get to, in our like pure queen-like energy, just be like, yeah, I'm not available for that. I don't do that. And just walk away and know that something better is coming. Steph, I absolutely love that final thing that she's just said there, because this has been a huge lesson for me and something that I felt really uncomfortable about. And it's sort of setting boundaries and saying, I am enough. I have nothing to be ashamed of. These are my boundaries. This is what I will accept. And this is what I won't. And I don't know why we find it so hard to put those into place. And why we're constantly considering what other people will think rather than thinking, does this make me happy? Why am I still doing this? Why am I being drained? And I think part of that whole pink cloud thing she was talking about is to do with setting boundaries and finally getting rid of things that don't make you happy. What do you think? 
I totally agree. I mean, there has been so many times, especially since getting sober and experiencing that pink cloud. And I, I agree with her. I want to say this first. I totally agree with her that that pink cloud doesn't have to go away because it comes after we level up. It comes after we shed something that is no longer serving us. And I experience that a lot when I go through a hard feeling or I go through a hard boundary even that needs to be set and it's emotional and it's sucks and it's not fun, but it's so great on the other side of it because I always notice a few days after I push through, have a good cry, have a good scream, whatever it is that I'm working out, I get the pink cloud again. Like I will just weld up out of nowhere. I'll be driving or doing something mindless and I just become overwhelmed with joy. And I always say, I feel like that's the universe's reward for getting through it. That's like, here you are, you've leveled up. Look how good that feels in your body, you know, and it makes you want yeah. more. It makes you want more of that. Because It's yeah, almost we- like it's not pink clouds. It's a pink sky with scattered clouds. So they come and go, but actually it's what you're always saying there. Is, is it's always there. And it's not something that, well, here, I'm going to give you a couple of days of feeling amazing and take it away. You know, I think she said in the interview that you just get used to it. So although it feels like it's gone, it hasn't. You've just gotten used to it. And I would be really curious to go back in time 17 and a half months and remember how it felt because it's getting further and further away. And, and I know the truth of how I felt, but I, I'm. it's not nearly as familiar as it used to be. But I know that she's right. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been taking huge strides since I gave up. And I get used to that feeling and I'm pushing myself further. Yeah, it's just like how we settled into feeling like shit all the time from the alcohol. It became our normal, right? Like mm-hmm. that was our baseline. Well, now we've come from a new baseline of joy. And yeah, you kind of settle into it. But like you were saying, the waters get muddy with with bad feelings and uncomfortable stuff. And then we are feeling it. Right. And then when we can actually sort through it, that is when you kind of get another surge because now you're like, like your head's coming up out above the water again, and it just feels so good. And then you get like, yeah, like she's saying, then you kind of just get used to it again. It's, it's amazing. And it's like climbing and getting used to the altitude. I think you're, I mean, we know, and we've spoken to now 11 guests, all about different aspects of sobriety and and the effects that alcohol and sobriety have on you. And one clear thing comes through, and it's about mindset, whether we're talking about how to give up, how to deal with trauma, your mindset is crucial. It's crucial to giving up alcohol, but it's also crucial to a happy life. And in order to really have a positive mindset, you have to believe the hype. You have to believe what you're telling yourself. Because when I was telling myself it was fine to drink wine every night, I knew it was a lie. That's the truth. But now I really do genuinely believe the things that I'm doing. When I step away from someone who I am not comfortable with for whatever reason, and it doesn't matter, doesn't matter if nobody else agrees with me, if that person is making me feel uncomfortable or unhappy, and I step away from them, that is my choice. And I know that I'm okay with it. And there is so much power and confidence to be had in being able to make those decisions, isn't there? Right. Only you have to live in that mind. So we do get caught up in wanting other people's opinions 
because we just, there's something about the ego needing that validation, right? Am I making the right decision right now to set a boundary? Do a podcast with me. Right. Am I making the right? Yeah. (laughs) What are you trying to say? This is a bit of a public dump. Yeah. Actually, I had all the good signs. All the 34s were coming at me. when. when Imagine if I had a jumper on with a big 34. Yeah, you just showed up with like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it, no, it, I do sort through decisions like that. I do ask my guides when big things like that come up, but that's the only validation I need because they're part of me. They're part of the universe. They're part of source. It's all connected and they have my best interest. When you go outside of that and you're asking others, they're thinking of themselves. They're thinking of what would be comfortable for them. And that might not be what's comfortable for you. So you have to learn to trust yourself. And being sober helps in that. Because when you're not sober, think about like your drinking days. Like you wanted to talk to everybody over a bottle of wine on everything. Like you wanted, like I would be a dead horse with people. And really the the whole reason we did it was just to drink. No, no interesting conversations were really had. But that's actually very interesting. And I really like that because... I think that when you're drinking, you're not fully present. And Johnny spoke a a bit about that in episode nine. And it's, you can't find your real connections if you're drunk or you're taking drugs or or you're high, basically. And you you find people for different reasons because they drink and they're not going to make you feel bad about your drinking. Whereas when you're not drinking, you are much more yourself. You're very pure, regardless of whether you've got stuff to deal with. And we are not all meant to be friends. We will meet people in life and we just don't connect. And that's fine. You you walk past people like that. You don't have to be nasty because they're not going to be your best friends. You just wish them well and you walk by. People have a problem doing that. They say, that's so rude. It's not rude. You can't be, you can't make connections with everyone you meet. The world would be incredibly boring. Right. If we loved everyone we met and they loved us, there wouldn't be time. Right. And it's, it's important not to get offended when yeah. other people say, you're not the right kind of vibe for me. Absolutely. That's fine. Good luck. It was nice to meet you. And you move yeah. on. And accepting that, I think, is also part of accepting spirituality because there's so many layers to people that you can't see. And you just, it's a feeling, isn't it? It's a feeling we get when we meet people and we think, I really want to see you again. And I really hope I don't ever bump into you again, which doesn't (laughs) happen often. But, you know, you just know and and you can't always explain it. But that's spiritual, is it? Yeah, it's spiritual. And it's like like Annika was talking about and it's manifestation. It's how you manifest the right people to come into your life. By rejecting the ones that, you know, don't align with you because we only have so much space and so much energy anyway. And when you're feeling, filling it with things that aren't in alignment, it takes so much more energy, right? Like the relationships that are exhausting, they're taking so much of your energy that then now you're not open to new relationships and to let new people in. And you've, you've only got so much. We all only have so much, you know, it's yeah. just like your cell phone. When you get up in the morning, if you're char, if you charge it overnight, it's a hundred percent, but by the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, 60%, like your body is the same way and you have to like get rid of those apps. Well, it's like you, Steph, you contacted me out of the blue and asked me to be on your podcast. Mm-hmm. 
And then we became friends. And then I said, I'd really like to do a podcast. And you said, well, I've been thinking of doing something. And then it just clicked. And we were like, let's do it together. That's a manifestation right there. Yeah. If you hadn't have contacted me in the beginning and sort of said, do you want to be on? None of this would have happened. It's totally changed the course of my life. We talk all the time. You're like a regular part of my life now. Mm -hmm. and I love it. And it would never have happened if you hadn't sent that one email. And it just those to show you really should follow what you feel you know for whatever reason yeah. you thought I'm going to ask Kate and look what's happened I just felt extremely connected to you I watched you on Sober Dave's live and I just literally felt like hugging you I wanted to sit down and like have a full-on conversation I wanted more like I just felt like so connected you know I just felt like I knew you and yeah my intuition was clearly screaming at me for a reason because it led me to like where we are today which is just yeah. having so much fun it's all linking to each other don't they they like regrets people who go if only I'd caught that train if only I'd moved with him if only I had left when I first thought about it and I didn't spend another 20 years in this relationship or in this town or on my own when I knew there was someone out there all these different things and the knock-on effect is huge. And, and actually, it's given me goosebumps just to say that because it's so true, isn't it? That you, if you listen to yourself and you can only properly do that if you're sober, because otherwise alcohol is mind altering, which means you are not. And as Annika said, it's called spirits for a reason. They get into your head. So you're not yourself. So how are you ever going to make the right decisions about your life? And I, I find that really exciting. I think that's even more reason why I'm not going to wait around. I'm going to make decisions based on my intuition and my and my gut feeling. Right. And to add to that, because I'm the same way now, and I tell myself, and even if it ends up being the wrong decision, there's a reason I made the wrong decision too, right? Yeah. Because it's never a wrong decision. It's a lesson learned. I recently had something that I was really excited to be a part of. And it completely fizzled out right before things got really good for me. And I was devastated. But now I have all this amazing content and stuff that I have created that I can use for something else. And I'm actually more excited about using it for something else now. And I learned so much the short time I got to work with them. So I don't know. I just I love finding the lessons. It's like a good challenge in life, right? Like what? Okay, so what was the lesson here? Absolutely. And it's just... And it forget to buy a lottery ticket and your numbers can come up and you can spend the next five years crying about it but for all you know you would have bought a flash ferrari and had an accident and died you've got to think of things in a positive way and i've always said that when i've missed when something's gone wrong or I've, i haven't actually ever missed a flight or a train because i'm like super early i get there on time and buy a coffee and i'm like <laughs> so i was gonna say that but it's like that's not true but when when things have been cancelled and I thought, well, mm. you never know, you could have gone and this could have happened. And it's it's just a really kind way to live life for yourself, because you're not constantly getting more and more stressed. And it's so easy today to do to go down that road, isn't it? Well, I think this chat with Annika will really, you know, spark some interest in spirituality for people. And if you're listening, and it has sparked your interest, uh, we have a bunch of information in the show notes about Annika. Yeah, she's an she's an alcohol-free manifestation coach and mentor and she's got her own alcohol-free vibes podcast and she does a sober and soulful course which I have done and I absolutely love. And she just talks through various aspects 
of sort of manifestation, being mindful, up-leveling. And I had no idea about any of this stuff. And I I really genuinely loved it. And I might go on it again. Um, But it was, it's really got me thinking. um, And I need to sort of try and open myself up a bit more to my spiritual guides. Is that what they're called? Yeah, spirit guides, yeah. Spirit guides, yeah. I'm here for you. If you got any questions, I can, I'm your girl. I'll help you out. Okay, all right. Well, I'm (laughs) sure we'll speak again tomorrow. Because that's how how we roll, isn't it? Or within the next 20 minutes. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'll see you soon. Cheers, Steph. Bye, Kate. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, we're just two women from opposite sides of the pond wanting to bring awareness around the negative effects of alcohol. We are not licensed therapists or doctors. If alcohol is causing any mental or physical health issues, please seek professional help. Please be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss future episodes. If you think our podcast could help someone you know, please be sure to share it. Also, leaving a five-star review will help The Sober Effect reach more people like you. The music for this show was produced and recorded by Pearl and Thumbelina Jim of the wonderful Charm Jar Music. More information can be found in our show notes.